0: I caught up with Aisha Green, who is the current artist in residence for 2018 at the Blue Oyster Art Project Space. Caught up with her on Thursday this week in the back room at Blue Oyster, which is also her studio. Uh, I'm, bla- I'm about to play an interview for you that I pre recorded. Uh, in the background of this interview, you might hear some strange noises going on. That's because uh, on Thursday, Blue Oyster was getting ready to open their brand new exhibition, Trace Music, which, as you can kind of deduce from that title, has a very heavy auditory element to it, and people were um, getting all of their equipment ready, there was sanding going on, strange sounds, people trying to come into the studio, we we shoved a chair under the door to stop people from coming in, um, but you just have to excuse those little quirks of the interview, but apart from that really fantastic uh, and such a lovely artist to be speaking to so without further ado this is Aisha Green the artist in residence at Blue Oyster for 2018. So I'm sitting in the back room of Blue Oyster art project space sitting with Aisha Green right now thanks for chatting with me today. Thanks
1: for having me well thanks for coming to visit.
0: Yeah this is really exciting because we're surrounded by your artwork at the moment before we get into the exhibition that is starting in less than a month's time, yeah. could you tell us a wee bit of a brief history of you as an artist? Yep,
1: so I, um, I guess I studied all my undergrad in Hamilton and then decided I wanted to do postgrad in Fine Arts so I moved up to Auckland and did it up there and that was about sort of three years worth of study um, to get my masters um, at Elam. And then I ended up going back to uni and I studied a diploma in museums and cultural heritage. Um, And that was a wee while ago now, so I've just sort of been practicing artist outside of uni for like maybe four or five years.
0: Oh, cool. Um,
1: Yeah, I guess that's kind of my art (laughs) My art history. (laughs) And what have you been working on at Blue Oyster during your residency? So basically I've been working towards having a solo exhibition at the Blue Oyster, which opens at the end of November. So I've been spending the time doing research around that, and now is the time for production, I guess. In terms of the research, it's been an amazing experience in that ways of researching or understanding research for me has heavily shifted and changed. So research isn't necessarily um, reading or it's not... It's not kind of story-seeking anymore, which it used to be a lot for me. A lot of my work is usually quite heavily narrative-based, but this is the first time where I've sort of worked where the research becomes sort of lived experience, Um, yeah, where it's kind of like I'm in the world and existing, and then that is a form of research.
0: Mm. Yeah, Because I'm seeing in the room right now a lot of portraits, what's the significance of the portraits for your exhibit?
1: Well, I guess this kind of show really looks at ideas of relationships and interconnectivity and the portraits are all of family and friends and everybody who's supported me as I've been down here um, in lots of different ways. And I guess that's kind of I just wanted to recenter them into my life and into my work to kind of understand how my relationships with them affect me Mm. and make me who I am. Yeah. So I think Be you know there's a power in representational portraiture and that historically portraits are of significant people um, or significant events and I think that perhaps the common people which would just Mm, be me and my friends even though they're not (laughs) common to me (laughs) um, that's kind of a power shift Mm. is that I want them to be understood in a significant way or an important way and that um, their lives and their stories and their histories and to tie with me and I find that that is important
0: yeah yeah and you mentioned moving down here just before where have you moved from so I've moved from Auckland mm. um, I was there for about eight years and I came
1: down to do the residency here and I've just enjoyed it so much I've decided to stick around
0: oh that's
1: exciting yeah yeah so um once this shows up yeah I've got a bit more headspace yeah <laughs> I'll start figuring out the kind of logistics of that and um,
0: slowly move all my things down, and,
1: <laughs> and yeah, I guess to tidy up my life a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: How has the move affected the work that you've ended up producing? Well, I papa back to Otako and this was the
1: first time I'd come down and visited and connected with my family there and understood my papa there. Being able to be in a space that you papa to is so important because you were completely involved in... Everything about this space. So the landscape, the ocean, all of those things are, are part of me mm. And so being here and being able to be present with those things is extremely a powerful thing. Yeah for me so that kind of way or that way of existing is important in my practice because my practice is essentially a part of me, my own practice, is my fucker papa in mm. a way. So being able to connect those two things um, has yeah, it's shifted my practice. So it's shifted the way that I think, and it's reprioritized a few things as
0: well. Mm. Could you tell us a bit more about the whaling ship Maori Girl?
1: Yeah, so no. it's
0: a um, it's a, a ship might be generous term, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: it's a boat. Okay, um, it's a boat at um, Tui Tui Settlers Museum. And it was used in Māori whaling in the early 1900s and it was gifted to the museum, like I think in the 50s, mm. I can't quite remember. Anyhow, I, I came to Dunedin about five years ago um, just for a visit and sort of saw that boat and realised there was something quite crazy about it. Especially the thing that I found crazy about it was that it was called Māori girl, so mm. it wasn't just called like girl, it was like a Māori girl. Um, and then of course sort of thinking through the boat as a vessel and vessels as blood vessels perhaps or like um, How you can speak of a person as being a a vessel of something Mm. So there's this thing that kind of encapsulates things and so all of a sudden like a Maori girl is a vessel Mm. and she is doing something and when you think of a boat the boat in this way kind of becomes like a stage between the ocean and the sky and it holds people in it it will hold whalers well in it. Mm. So what is a Māori girl's role in all of those things? Kind of acting as a stage, act, acting as a container. Yeah. And I think that's
0: a nice sort of metaphor about the things I've been looking at and mm. thinking at. Because that's the title of your exhibition coming up, right? It is, yes. 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 I thought I'd just better mention that, I didn't just bring that up out of the blue. <laughs> um, does that have something to do with the weekly screenings of artefact that are happening before your exhibit opens as well? Yeah, so we decided to screen Artifact,
1: which is, you can actually watch for free on Maori television website. you mm. can stream it. So we've watched three now, um, and we've got three to go, and it's every Wednesday from 5.30 in the lead up to the opening of the exhibition, so everybody's welcome to come along. Basically, Artifact is a TV series that looks at different um, Tonga and their histories and their movements across the world, mm. and what they mean for Maori, and it has a lot of like Maori history in it. And it's awesome because it's stuff I've just never heard before and there's obscure stories and there's just amazing things happening in the Māori community that I didn't even know about so it's just like so exciting knowing that these things are going on. The reason we wanted to show it is because we wanted to open up the context of understanding so for example the third episode is about sort of the power of the gift so it looks at gift giving and Māori culture and the way that it takes those ideas and concepts of gift giving is from Te Māori worldview. And so if we can give our audiences or the audiences to Blue Oyster this film screening and they can understand new ways of looking at the world or being in the world or ways that might not be familiar, it might be able to bring my exhibition into a new type of context or a new fold Mm. outside of um, general Eurocentric art viewing or art making.
0: How is this exhibit different to the ones that you were showing in Auckland?
1: Usually my work in Auckland usually was just a story mm-hmm. or like a sort of snippet of history. And I was interested in those peoples within that history. So my work was all yeah, it was always about people. Right, yeah. So it was always yeah, very narrative based, like mm. a story but this is the first time where i'm trying to think through ideas and how visual arts can tease out concepts that might not necessarily be teased out verbally or well for me anyway yeah. <laughs> you know like, i'm not i'm not a writer so i guess there's concepts that i'm trying to tease out through an art practice mm, right as opposed to like a storytelling yeah yeah yeah
0: and what are you experimenting with in this show because I see a few boxes filled of something which you can describe over there. Well I'm trying to make mosaic. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah so I'm, making, I'm trying to make mosaic yeah. so you're looking at something that's sort of halfway between something <laughs> and not, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But that's been really fun so I think being down here is also giving me opportunity to yeah. try new things. New materials I've always been painting And it's actually Exciting to try My hand at something else Yeah And just to see what happens Um yeah just to open up the way that I use materials or the way that I think about them it's been really important and I feel lucky to be here to have that kind of space and time
0: yeah fantastic um I read a piece by Hana Awake uh, that was published on the Pantograph Punch I think it was last week or maybe a few days ago it was quite recent anyway which mentioned your artists run initiative up in Auckland's Hapuri um which is currently on hiatus as well could you tell me a bit more about that
1: Yeah, so in 2015, me and my friend Sarawit decided that we kind of wanted to do something. Maybe, you know, like we weren't sure what that would be. But then sort of realized that the way that we could do something or be involved in our community was to run Hapuri, which is an artist-run space. Mm. However, it doesn't have a concrete space. That space always moves. So how it works is that him and I invite one person to work with and then they are—they can invite other people to work with.
0: Right, okay.
1: So we're trying to kind of break down the hierarchy in that Sarau and I are more fa- facilitators or organisers. So the person we've invited, who would be like the leader, then we support them, and then that leader supports the people that I've invited. Mm. The cool thing about it is that we wanted to, we were just really curious about what other people were doing. Mm. Like, how do we know what other people are up to, and like, what are these because when you stop uni you're just genuinely constantly involved with your own stuff yeah right and you need a break from that <laughs> you know you, and um, it's good to know what other people are doing in terms of like new ideas like and what is happening in the world and what do people care about and like how do we be involved and how do we stay active So the coolest thing is that we've just sort of made lots of friends through it Mm. Um, because if we just invite one person that we sort of know and then they have all their friends that they sort of invite it's just really exciting seeing the whole like art ecology in action so we've been doing that we're yeah on a hiatus now so it's overseas and i'm sort of down here and we need to (laughs) figure out what we're (laughs) gonna do but the nice thing about Hapore is because it is constantly moving and changing we don't actually have to have a set structure yeah like we're the ones that are making the rules for it which means that we're never ever breaking rules mm. if that makes sense.
0: Are there any artist-run initiatives in New Zealand at the moment that you're particularly impressed with or have caught your attention?
1: So Mother in Auckland mm. is really cool.
0: It's Mother should... with a question mark, isn't it? Yeah, Mother yeah. with a
1: question mark so I guess I should say Mother? <laughs> 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 yeah, I think what they're doing is really fun and I feel like as well it's quite, um, I'm not going to say like casual or low-key but mm. it's very light-loose and I think having a loose structure means that more things can happen or things can change because there is no rigidness to it and I think that's really exciting and then also Mercy Pictures Mm. I think is um run by a group of young Auckland artists that are all very like kind of ambitious and and it's interesting seeing the things that they put up um and they've taken work to France I think just recently yeah which is really great and also OK in Christchurch Mm -hmm. yeah that's really cool what they're doing um, and how they work within the community and that the boundaries or the borders of like art gallery and community group are really blurred yeah. and I think that's really exciting because that kind of allows for perhaps new ways of exhibition making to kind of unfold. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah. I'm hoping to see another one pop up in Dunedin at some point. I think that'll be really exciting. Yeah, <laughs>
1: don't, I'm not going to be the one to do it. <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> I'm not putting it out to you. <laughs>
0: So do you believe that the art spaces that we see in Dunedin at the moment are effectively catering to both Indigenous and female artists like yourself?
1: I think there will never be too much Indigenous art, mm-hmm. and I think there will never be too much female or woman art. So yeah, there's always room for more.
0: What would you like to see done better?
1: Well, I don't know if I even have the answers to what would be good Indigenous art exhibiting mm-hmm. or what is good female exhibiting. I know for the suffrage uh, anniversary there was heaps of things going on, mm. whether those things were good or bad or progressive or helpful, I don't know. So maybe instead of kind of thinking about do Indigenous artists need more exposure, like what sort of exposure is good for indigenous artists and like in what format or in what way do indigenous artists want to work yeah so indigenous artists might not actually want to have gallery exhibitions or like they might not want these other things or like that might not be the best way for them to be doing their work Mm. so in terms of whether Dunedin is cranking in those things i just don't think anywhere is cranking in those things yeah Um, that can be improved across the whole board but i think that maybe um, indigenous people do need to have, or be given, or take more, be more, mm, have a have their voices heard more in terms of what they need and want to mm-hmm. make their practice meaningful for, yeah. them, for us, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: fantastic. No, that was a wonderful answer. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> um, is there anything that you would have done differently in terms of your exhibit at Blue Oyster if you'd had some more time down here? Um, that's a great question. I guess time is always
1: precious. I think maybe there's a few material concerns that I have, like, mm. cause now it's production time. I can't really, I've <laughs> gotta get stuff done. Yeah. But of course I've like, learned a few things by making and experimenting and I think some of the work I would probably remake again, but in different ways okay. that work better but in terms of the ideas I think it's fine mm-hmm. I mean there's some days where I'm like what am I doing <laughs> this is ridiculous and there's other days where I'm like no no it's fine it's fine <laughs> so I feel I
0: actually feel okay I think you've called me on a good day okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank god <laughs> What's next after this exhibit's over? I know that's a tough question because you're trying to get everything out at the moment, but what are the plans for the future?
1: Well, I'm going to have a really good sleep in. Yep. (laughs) Um, I'm going to cook myself a real nice dinner. That's what I'm going to do after the show is. And then um, next year, I'm not too sure. Yeah, Mm. there's a few things that I want to try, but I basically just kind of want to have space to do things that I haven't done before. Mm. I've been really lucky in that um, over the past couple of years, I've always had something coming up. It's like that I need to do, so it's constantly be kind of like bang, bang, bang. Mm. But for the first time, there's time and space in my life. And I'm really excited to actually just sit down and be making for myself as yep. opposed to a sort of exhibition outcome. Oh,
0: fantastic. Yeah. Aisha Green, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Oh, thanks. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> thanks.